Lord, we're just asking for just supernatural, just supernatural healing, God, right now in Jesus' name over that knee and over that nerve, God. Lord, we need, we need that nerve to fire again. Lord, we ask in Jesus' name that those nerves fire again so he can have the full use of his foot. And we ask in the name of Jesus that this surgery will take care of the rest, Lord, to take care of uh, all these, the ACL and PCL that needs to be put back together. And Lord, we just ask in Jesus' name you protect him and your, your angels charge him. But God, we're, we're asking for full, complete recovery, God, just from an accident, Lord, just to supernatural recovery, Lord, we're asking for that, Lord. We just keep believing for that as well. And so, Lord, we just bless you and thank you, Father, for that in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. Checking. Today is the first Sunday of the month. I think Kim is going to flash the online giving uh, up there. I'm sorry, we sent an email to you last Friday. It had this short code, but when it came out to you, it was like seven sentences long. So, kind of didn't work for that. So we would appreciate everyone who is giving and uh, giving online. As it makes it easier for you if you're doing electronic banking. Um, we're getting ready to put out a whole kind of flyer on um, the different ways that you can give and what it costs the church, different ways that you do give. But we'd like to say thanks for your giving. Normally on the first Sunday of the month, we take an offering as it says out into missions. Um, today was supposed to be um, Tree of Life, and, uh, and Ted Keys, who's the director of Tree of Life, is leading Children's Church. So we made a call that we're going to prefer him, and we're going to take that offering next week. He's going to get up and share. There's a lot of developments at Tree of Life that directly impact us. And I'm not going to steal his thunder. They, they, he and Allison have created things that are for us, um, not just in our participating, but in our receiving. You heard Rick use that word today, receiving. But it's important that the Lord's giving that we respond and receive. So I want to encourage you that in today. I know Rick's going to jump up and share. And it's you. Yeah, yeah. Good morning, y'all. There's a few times that I stand up and speak something apostolically, and now is one of those times. Um, just a quick phrase. I want to read a past scripture to you. It says, And all the people who were in the court and the elders said, this is in Ruth chapter 4, verse 11. I'll start again. All the people who were in the court and the elders said, We are witnesses, and may the Lord make the woman who is coming into our home like Rachel and Leah, both of whom built the house of Israel. It's a big statement. The Rachel and Leah, not... You know, Abraham, Isaac, or Jacob. But it's a declaration that Rachel and Leah both built the house of Israel. There's an authority that comes in relation, speaking and ministering into the generations. There's a past scripture, a lot of times it's misunderstood in 1 Timothy chapter 4, verse 12, where it talks about, commonly gets translated in the English, you know, about women being saved through childbirth. But you look in that past scripture, I believe it's got to do with a lot in relationship birthing into the generations into the nations. I know, you know, it talks about in 1 Timothy chapter 5, verse um, 14, about how women and literally watchers of the house. In Titus chapter 2, verse 5, about how women are, are guardians of the house. I mean, I may have it backwards. Uh, the Titus passages, women are watchers, guardians of the house. And in the, uh, the Timothy passages, is uh, rulers of the house, literally. And so in their... In this place of women speaking into the generations uh, is very powerful. And this morning we kind of get a cool, unique thing. I was supposed to preach, but God just wouldn't let me preach. And so, uh, so what's going to be speaking is, is uh, Leah, Tammy, and Paula are going to be sharing this morning. 
And they're going to be speaking in relationship to the generations. And this is not just, you know, just hear this, hear this. And there's a birthing of the generations. If, if both all three of these gave birth in, in children, physically, but there's a thing they're proclaiming in relationship to us and the generations, birthing of generations, birthing of generations. So listen in the spirit and receive this. So Leah, come, and, and I just want to pray over them and declare things. So, so Heavenly Father, we just agree in the name of Jesus with the word which will come forth. Lord God, we just speak, Lord, uh, Lord, in the same way that Rachel and Leah built the house of Israel. God, that there is an authority in things being spoken into the spirit in relationship to the mothers in this house. God, and we just speak, Lord, to the generations come forth, Lord, that, that there will be no generation lost. And Lord, there would not be a fading out of the glory of God. We speak, Lord. Lord, I know that in the spirit there is an apostasy, apostasy that's trying to come on the world. But Lord, we just declare that we want to be breakers of that which is the norm in the world, Lord. We want to see a bursting forth of the glory of God in every generation. From the, the ones that are just born to, Lord, us older crew, Lord. Whatever, however, oh, Lord. We speak declarers of the goodness of God. And no generation be lost. In Jesus' name, amen. I might need a tissue. I think I've like cried off all my makeup just to worship. But, um, so I might be the crying part of the, the sermon. We'll see. But I just thought it was really powerful. And a confirmation. I know Carmen came up. Um, but during worship, I just I kept on just sensing Jesus, the Father, singing over us. So that song, like, we're singing Worth It All. And I just felt like he was just declaring once again, like, like he has declared our worth. Like we were worth him dying. Like he's declared just a worth over us that's greater than man or the world could ever declare. And, it, and even that part of um, he was singing, we were singing, you are, you know, you are good. And we're singing that towards him, but I, I could feel, he's like, he wants us to receive that. I don't know if you've ever kind of that, you'll hear the statement over kids a lot of times. Now, I've worked a lot with daycare, but like, man, he, he's a bad kid, or she's really good, you know. And I feel like, like the Lord takes care of that statement, and I feel like he declares we are good. Like Jesus paid a high price to declare holy over us to declare beloved, to declare well done over his children. Like he's given us that provision. And so out of this word, which it's really neat, like the last couple, probably year and a half, I, I was going to say a year and a half, my time lapse is like really slow. But it's probably been two years. We, um, and so you can put that Malachi scripture up. A couple of us went to Croatia, which was a, a very big push for me, let me just tell you. <laughs> it's not something that, whoo, let's go somewhere else and do something I've never done before in another country, but with people I've never met. <laughs> but um, there are a team of us that just went over just to really 
meet with their children's ministry team and to do some training and, and just really receive, give and receive. And I felt like in my panic before the Lord of what in the world am I doing? The one scripture that I felt like he just kept on putting in my heart was this Malachi passage, which to me is very significant. So if you've ever read through the Old Testament, you end on this scripture. And I just think that is just so awesome. Like you end on this scripture, and then all of a sudden, you know, we're in the Gospels where Jesus is born, and he comes, and he just changes everything for us. And, um, and I know as a, as a young child, I think the thing that went on, went on in my heart as a little girl was like this desire to be loved, but especially to be loved by the Father. And um, I'm, I'm the third of three girls, and my dad was from a family of boys, just like Mitch. And there's a clash when you have a man that's used to being around all boys and then a family of girls. Like, it's some, you ask Mitch, it's something to get used to. But, um, but it was really hard for him to, like, know how in the world to relate to three daughters. But all growing up, like, I felt like all, like, I just wanted to know the love of the Father, to know I was loved, to know I was noticed. And I, and I think the most amazing thing about God and what Jesus did was that he came in and he opened up this door for us to be loved by the Father. And not only by a Father, but the Father. So as we're singing about Jesus and we're, I mean, we're like, he is just amazing. But the most amazing thing is, is he died so that he says we are worth his blood. That he declared we're one with him and the Father. That we're seated in heavenly places. So he, he comes in and he just busts up worth and value. Like what the world declares as value and worth is based on things that have more to what we, what we do than who we are. And so I feel like in, in context to this, so we're talking about generations. So like the heart of the generations to the generations. Now I'm probably officially midlife. So I'm like halfway, you know, in between, I guess, um, unless you live for 100, then I've got a couple more years. But, but I am. I'm kind of, so there's this generation behind me and this generation before. And, and I'm old enough to realize, like, oh my goodness, like, this last 45 years, that's a long, I mean, that's a long time, you know? And, and sometimes I struggle because I feel like, I, the enemy hits me with loss or failure, you know? And so I, f I feel like the Lord has just been birthing this place um, um, just between the generations. And I also felt like, to this place in this process with me, like this place of life, like really realizing and valuing life. And, you know, for me, that process... <laughs> Unfortunately, I think my value of life has come when I've experienced death. And then I really realized at that moment, when you realize you may lose something, how much more you value what life is. And so I feel like 
once again, I'm going to say that worth and value, I just feel like is crucial. Like he really wants to give, to do something in us because I give out of what I've received. And so if I really receive gosh, what he has declared as my worth and value, like to really value myself as a child of God, then I'm able to give that, whether it's to older or to younger. Um, but this is just an awesome scripture because I actually went on Blue Letter Bible dot what org or whatever. So I kind of do this the easier way, which is kind of good for technology. But it's awesome they have they break it down into. Of course, this is this is Hebrew, but you know they break it down and you can look at the words and kind of see more of what they're talking about. So just kind of just kind of bear with me. This scripture. I mean, because you go into where Jesus references this. I mean, there's a lot to this scripture, which is really exciting. It's just really powerful um, from the Old Testament to New, where this is quoted and just everything behind it. But I'm just going to concentrate on a couple words. So restore is one of them. So this is some of the ways the word restore is used. So they'll translate it different ways. But so to return. So I can read this scripture, and he will restore the hearts of the fathers to their children and the hearts of the children to theirs, not actually theirs, so to to fathers, so that I will not come and smite the land with a curse. So, but this word restore, listen to this. So to return, to come back, to bring back to mind, to refresh. So, So the hearts of the fathers, the hearts of the children, both sides of the generation, there's, there's this restoration, there's a returning, there's a coming back, there's a bring back to mind, there's a, a refreshing, which really means this is this already there, like this has already been in us, like it is already the heart of God um, for this to be the case, um, and then look at the word hearts. And the word hearts is just, if you really, this is just a tiny bit of when you really look at what the heart, what it means when it lists heart, it's like some big stuff. So inner man, will, understanding, emotions. If you're like me, that's like a pretty big word, emotions. Ask Mitch. But passions, soul, thinking, inclination, courage, and like, a lot of the study when we study the heart, like you find out like it's out of the heart. Like it really, our heart controls how we see, how we hear, how we love, how we act. So when it's declaring, okay, restoring the heart. So restoring the heart of a father, which that word, I mean, look at this. Fathers, parents, families, forefathers, ancestors, and I thought this was really interesting, originators or patrons. So I would interpret that like as boss, like someone that's ahead of something. So it's really this, so restoring the hearts of the fathers. And children is broken down like it's, so son, children, so male, female, daughters, youth, young, and then member. So that's kind of so you have patron, which is the head of something, and then just the member of something. So really that spoke to me. I'm like, this is not just, this is 
call body-wise too, but also in the workplace. Like it's a call, when I am in, in, in charge of something, my heart towards the people that I'm leading, but also when I'm being led, my heart towards the one that's in charge. And I, I just thought that was powerful. I, I never really interpreted it that way. And then that word there is not there. That's pretty funny. But um, so, so really, this is not talking about just my physical children and my physical children to me. I mean, you list ancestors. I mean, so this is a broad, broad statement, which that just helps me. Like, those kind of things help me because you can tell me a sentence, but when you really start breaking down, like, what does that mean to live that out makes a big difference to me. And it gives me vision. To operate out of so so yeah so that that's kind of like the background which it is really fascinating to really look into this scripture but I only have limited time so I won't go into all that um, which I'm I need to watch my time but so I've reworded some of this using some of these other words so so listen so refresh your passion for the younger generation I'm just kind of flip-flopping it. Or bring back to mind the inclination to the older generation. Uh, uh, this is kind of my version. I don't, that's probably not biblical, but this is my version. Restore, I'll look at Rick and say that. But restore and awaken love to the generations before and after me. Because really, out of the heart, we love. And, and can I tell you, like, I mean, when you look at the word love, I mean, God is love. I mean, love really covers all, which is biblical too. But, I mean, really, if you love, I mean, that breaks it down for me. So love, so restoring, restoring this between generations. And it's, it's interesting because I've, I feel like it's all around us. Like examples of this, like yesterday we were in um, the cafe and she's not in here, but Desiree was just sharing about, now she's pregnant with a little girl, and she was just sharing about her grandmother, and just like how just her grandmother, her prayers have just so affected a generation, you know, so, and that's physical, like, so physical grandmother. Um, Deborah was sharing about the food bank. And this, this opportunity with this, this young mom who's in need to, to just love her and, and get things. She just had a baby for, for this baby. Just someone that she's met through someone else. But like this, this place of like looking and valuing a life that might not even be related to you. And wanting, you know, your heart is for them to help. It may just be a smile. Or it may be getting them diapers, you know, just whatever that is. Everywhere I look, I see it. Um, we met with, I was talking to Corinne and Desiree who are over DP Littles, and um, we were just talking about, I mean, we just have an abundance of little, of little children, which is amazing. We are so thankful for that. But just that place of just investing into them and, like, how powerful that is. I, I don't even know how many families are back there, but just how through one generation you can affect all kinds of generations. 
all different areas. Um, so just talking to them. I mean, just all these conversations I know with stepping out, hearing my daughters come back and just talking about just the conversations that they were having with people that are just amazing. Like they're meeting people that are strangers to them, but really are just amazing people. Um, and being able to share that, like share that, gosh, like I'm stopping and talking to you because you know, like you, you have things in you, like recognizing the value and worth in people. Um, just, just seeing that all around. And I know for me, I, being back with, I know Tulio mentioned Tree of Life, and Kenzie works there, and I know Naomi works there, and Ted and Allison, I think I saw Allison here. And you're back with kids, most of the families are not, are not from Dwelling Place, but you're with these children, and like, you just realize, like, gosh, like, each of these kids, like, has this destiny. And actually really getting a vision of the fact that, gosh, this is like one of the greatest, this is really the greatest investment, our people, because it's eternal. Like, every other investment, I think sometimes, I mean, I was telling Mitch, I was like, sometimes I feel like we're more concerned about where we're putting our money, like the bank that we're putting our money in, than really like our kids. You know, in our society, I think sometimes, like, value and worth is given to things greater than, 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 than people, you know, those, those people in our lives. Um, so, yeah. And my other example, too, was just, like, this summer. And I think this place of where, like, this thing generational is, is a giving, as my heart turns the fact is, is there is a receiving, which is really body. I mean, I mean, Jesus said, he's like, well, I don't know if that was, but the New Testament says, Jesus said fullness is in the body, but the New Testament really declares the fact that the body's many members, and we need every member. Like, I need all of you. Like, fullness is in all of us together. So, I mean, that's, that's a huge thing. You know, I need an, an Ethan Greeno. I'm, I'm sitting here looking at Ethan, and I'm thinking, oh, my goodness. Like, I think he's changed since last week. <laughs> like, these teenage years, I'm like, oh, my goodness. Is that the same? <laughs> but, you know, we need, we need that. I know um, Deanne, I was, I was joking with her earlier. I'm like, gosh, Deanne, it's like you're just this changing artwork. Like, I just love it. Like, just seeing you brings me life. You know, there's this place, like, we need what each person brings. And then, so we need, like, but that's kind of a cyclic thing. You know, like, when I give, I receive. Because when I'm interacting with someone, there's something in that interaction that brings me life. And a good example of this was recently, we know this amazing mom. I'm, I'm not sure if she's here, but I wouldn't embarrass her anyway. This amazing mom has this little boy who is just the cutest thing ever. And we've had the privilege of just keeping him some. And um, one, I've realized that I'm 45. 
and like keeping a baby is a lot of work. I should I should remember that, but like maybe I've just forgotten the fullness of that. But I think in in that moment I've remembered now, which is Mitch is very excited about that. But in that in that moment we also it was also good for Kenzie. Is she in here? Yeah, Kenzie. I was like, okay, he can stay in your night in your room overnight. So I think it was good for her. She realized, wow, having a having overnight, you know, <laughs> babies in your room, that's a whole nother thing. But but anyway, I think I just didn't realize like the Lord just started just moving in my heart through this this child. Like it became such a privilege to me to be a part of this little baby's life. Now, he, he doesn't say much. He says a couple things, but and he has the most amazing smile that you could ever imagine. But this child that's not mine, you know, like, he's an amazing mom. But I just remember holding him and thinking, like, God, like, this is your son. Like, this is your child. You made him. You chose him. You put him in his mother's womb. You're the one that chose him. And, like, you have a destiny for him, a hope and a future for him. You know, and I think at that moment where I just started praying, praying and realizing, like, he's not coming out of my generation, but he is part of my future. And what an amazing investment. You know, my life is... I, I will die unless Jesus comes back. I will die one day, you know. But it's it's those are it's the generations around us that are our greatest investment that keeps going and going and going. So I just felt like there was just this call and and really this place of um, I don't know. I felt like I felt like the Lord really wants to impart to some of us like what he declares over our value and worth, you know, because one, I mean, we're made in the image of God. So when I look at someone and I'm thinking, oh my goodness, like as much as they might get on my nerves or may do something that bothers me, like do I really look at them and think, gosh, they are made in God's image. Like he knit them together. And then the fact that Jesus declares over them, like, Leah, they're worth my blood. Don't, don't let the world or actions or even, I think we devalue ourselves because of sin. Jesus paid for sin. So it doesn't, like, sin does not affect our value and worth. Whether it's someone's sin against us, like, that should not affect their value and worth before us. Um, and so I really felt like this place of receiving, like you are good, like you're worth it. Like he declares you're worth it. And then he declares, you are so amazing. I'm going to come and the Holy Spirit will dwell in you. You will be my temple. I mean, that's a pretty incredible, like, do we really realize that? That I'm looking at when they, when someone receives, says yes to Jesus, like they're the temple of the Holy Spirit. 
Like that just changes my perspective and how I interact with people. I've been repenting a lot because I'm like, oh, oh, you know, this is a hard one. It's a hard one for me to receive, and it's a hard one to, like, just to operate out of. But I really felt like that's where the Lord is just really wanting to, to do something, you know, to change something in us. Not only, I mean, really to receive his words over us, but then to be able to operate and be able to speak that and operate that way towards others. So, so yeah. Tag team. All right, I'm going to ask you if you're in your 20s and younger to stand up. 20s and younger. I'm going to trust that you're all. Yes. Yes, yes. Yes. And if you're lying, I will let the Lord deal with you. <laughs> amen, amen. I am super excited. I got a word um, just as we were speaking about, like, you are the next generation for many of us in here. So, um, and I wanted to speak over you this morning that you are not only necessary for society, you're not only necessary for your family, um, the things of this world, but more importantly, you're necessary for the kingdom of God. You're necessary for the kingdom of God. And I don't know that if you've been told that, but I wanted to start this morning by saying that you are necessary in the kingdom of God. Okay, you can sit down. For such a time as this, have you ever thought about that in this day and time, this is, for, I was born to be 43 in 2016. You were born to be the age that you were for this time and season. God has purposed it for that. And I just wanted to speak to you this morning, just really, not really quick, really quickly, but really powerfully, okay? Because I can speak quick, but it can be powerful all at the same time, that uh, when we're talking about this multi-generational um, just thing that the Lord is doing in our midst, we have to understand our positioning and what he's called us and how we operate in this place. So the scripture that I have for each of you that are 20-somethings and under, I had to cut it off somewhere. So 20-somethings and under. The scripture that I had for you is Ephesians 6. I don't know if that made it to the Yes. I texted Leah and Paul. I'm like, I got one. I got one scripture, and here it is. Um, Honor your father and mother, which is the first commandment with a promise, so that it may be well with you and that you may live long on the earth. So what does that mean to honor your father and mother. It doesn't mean your literal father and mother who gave birth to you. But also I see it as, like Leah was talking about, returning the hearts of the sons and daughters back to the fathers and mothers and about honoring them. And so I'm going to tell you a very quick story. And this story includes Paula. Now Paula is, cannot possibly in any biological way be my mom. She's not, cap she's not old enough to be my mom. But spiritually, in my life, she came into my life in a time that was just, 
It was difficult for me. I was 15. I was my son's age when I met Paula for the first time. So she came into my life, and I won't even, it was a mess. Y'all think I'm a mess now. (laughs) You should have seen me when I was 15. And then again when I was 20. And then again when I was 20. I mean, so raising me literally and spiritually has been no small feat. So, but I can tell you that I remember a moment in time when Paula said, I still remember the place. I'm standing in an Eastern Gap Baptist church. And she's standing in front of me because it's this little side aisle. You walk down. She's standing in front of me. And she takes my face like this. And she's like this. And she says, Tammy, I cannot wait to see you when you're 25. She says, I can't wait to see you. What the Lord is going to do in you, I cannot wait to see you as an adult. Now, I'm 43. That was when I was 15. How many years ago was that? I don't even know. I don't know. Yeah, y'all can do the math. Ask Tulio. I can barely keep up with my keys. I can barely remember what he said yesterday. Do you know why that that moment in time that I can be transported back to standing at East Stone Gap Baptist Church with my hands, I mean my face and her hands and she's speaking that to me? Do you want to know why that impacted me? I gave it honor. I gave it value. She stood before me as a mother in the faith and she spoke something into me and I could have just been yeah that was nice I mean Paula said a lot of things to me through the years so but I'm just saying like why why did that change me number one it was God breathed but just because it was God breathed didn't mean that it I had the opportunity to take hold of it and give value to it. Honor. I gave it weight. It became heavy in my life. I didn't just cast it off as like, oh, that's really nice. Yeah, I'd like to see me when I'm 25 too. Who will I be married to? Blah, 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 blah. None of that. So, next generation, honor. There is a generation that has gone before you that has paved a way, that has fought the battle. Paul spoke to me from a place where she had fought battles. She had been 15 years old. She had been. Maybe she was approaching 25 at the time. (laughs) She had been there. The scenery may be different. The lingo may be different. But I'm telling you, generation, the battle is the same. And you want to know how to win? You want to know how to walk forward and to may it be well with you that you may live long on the earth? I'm 43 years old today, probably because of Paula Sizemore. (laughs) Live long on the earth. Because I didn't just cast off. There have been many times that others from generate my own mom, include my own biological mom, dad, people that have gone before me, they know things. 
That's how God set it up. And if we, next generation, if you don't take hold of what has been laid before you, if you take that lightly, it will not go well with you. It won't. So I'm here to tell you, you want to live long and things be well? Now that doesn't mean that the, the uh, generations we get it all right. My kids will tell you, it's a daily process in our house. But when, sometimes when I'm right, I kind of make note of that. I'm right this time. Because <laughs> everyone knows that 85% of the time, Tulio's right in our house. <laughs> Just teasing. Just teasing. No, doesn't mean that everything that is said and done from the generation before you is right. They're going to make mistakes. We're going to make mistakes. You're going to make mistakes. But where the power is, is looking at, even looking at the mistakes and not criticizing the generation that's gone before you for blah, 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 blah. But really saying, gosh, thank you. Thank you for going before me and getting your butt kicked and laying on the ground so that I can learn from what you did so that I can step into the destiny that is I've been called to. That's the mentality that we need to see. That's what we need to experience when I'm, when I'm speaking to this next generation. I love next generation. Do you know why I love next generation? It's this unbridled zeal. Like no fear, no regard for like any restraint for the most part. They're like, yeah, I mean, it's beautiful. It scares the stuff out of you. But if you really can see it for what it is, it's beautiful. God's called us to be together. He's called us to stand together in that. So hear me. Stand up one more time if you're 20 and younger. Stand up one more time. I'm saying to you, this is your time. This is your season. Find someone in your life that has gone before you. And I want you to start gleaning from them, asking them questions. You want to know how to live long and may it go well with you? Find people, if you don't have them already in your life, that you can value and that you can honor, that have fought a fight that is before you, that can teach you a few things. And guess what? You get to teach them back. Because you know sometimes when you hang out with 40-year-olds, you kind of start to feel old. So, but if you're a 40-year-old that hangs out with 20-year-olds, it, it's a glorious thing. It is a glorious thing. Amen? Thank you all. All right. I'm batting it to you. That, those are two hard acts to follow, I tell you. Um, the Lord, it's funny how this word came to me. It came very quickly. And so at the end of it, he said, I thought, wow, that, that, was, a, that was fast, you know. And 
So I'm kind of looking at it, and the Lord just said very clearly, Paula, stick to the script. And at the time, I thought, well, that's not a problem. I mean, I know it, I'm, this is good. And I have to tell you that from that time and all through this morning, how many times I wanted to not stick to the script. And so some of the things I'd like to make a little softer, some things I'd like, so I'm going to stick to the script because he told me that. And so I'm going to try really hard to do it. Um, mine is a little different in that um, at first I thought I was going to have a word to the older generation, of which I am, one. Um, and, but I've realized in the process of this that we are, all are an older generation to someone. Uh, whether you're 70 or 16, there's people younger than you. And uh, because of that, I think it, it made the word broaden more than, than I expected in the beginning. But uh, the scripture does challenge us very clearly uh, that the older generations need to preserve, to persevere and continue to teach the younger generations. We need to teach them, we need to be an example to them, um, and we need to empower the following generations. So, so again, you know, the question is, well, who is the older generation? And God just really impressed on my heart that everyone is an older generation than to someone else. And we need to be those three things. So, um, so I think that's really important that, um, that to realize that there are people that are younger than us that need our wisdom, example, and encouragement. And so really, I've already told you what I'm going to teach, so we probably could go home right now. But I will put some scripture to it. Um, let's look at Deuteronomy 6, uh, 4 through 9. Hear, O Israel, the Lord is our God. The Lord is one. You shall love the Lord your God with all your heart, with all your soul, and with all your mind. might. These words which I am commanding you today shall be on your heart. You shall teach them diligently to your sons and shall talk of them when you sit in your house and when you walk by the way and when you lie down and when you rise up. You shall bind them as a sign on your hand and they shall be as frontals on your forehead, and you shall write them on the doorpost of your house and on your gates. Now, there, there's a lot of outside stuff to that, and it's just so interesting after, you know, Leah's talk. Um, it really gives a lot of life to this because the, the thing that struck out the most to me was that it will be on your heart. So, you know, what a challenge this is to us, you know, as a generation over another generation. Um, because, you know, first it's to love God with all, completely, to love him completely, and to then operate with others from the heart. So it's not really about teaching the do's and don'ts. It's not about, you know, enforcing the law. Um, you know, it's living a life that teaches the next generation by our words, our actions, our very life. So that is a real challenge uh, to us. And it's being strategic in our investment into the next generation. You know, we, we don't just live our life and hope maybe somehow it oozes on down. You know, uh, it's being strategic in that. And again, I think some of the things that Tammy and Leah talked about makes that uh, become more life to us. Uh, but that was really just a, a, when he told me that, it's like, how strategic are you being, Paula, you know, in investing in the next generation? And so I'm going to challenge you in that same way that he's challenged me. Um, 2 Timothy 2, 1 through 3 you, therefore, my son, be strong in the grace that is in Christ Jesus. The things which you have heard 
from me in the presence of many witnesses, entrust these to faithful men who will be able to teach others also. Suffer hardship with me as a good soldier of Christ Jesus. Uh, so this, this scripture uh, should be our gold as an older generation and in, in dwelling place. Um, we should, again, be strategically entrusting the truths we've learned to the next generation of leaders so that they then can teach the following generation. So it just kind of moves on down through the generations. Um, so this scripture, again, this scripture does not just apply to the older generation, uh, but each generation, again, has another generation following them. Uh, we've been watching college graduates that have a heart for the college students. Uh, we can see in our body college students that have a heart to lead the youth and high schoolers with a heart to lead and stand with the middle school. You know, it's just a beautiful example and an indication of a healthy attitude toward the generations. And I just love watching it. Uh, it's like what I'm talking about in action already, which is a beautiful thing. Um, but I have to be honest, and this, this is the hard part, and I thought about taking it out several times, except I kept hearing the words, stick to the script. Because uh, I'm afraid I'm going to push your button here. And if I do, I just ask you to pray about it and ask yourself why, Okay. Because in honest, you know, we, we talk about a lot of ministries in DP, but the most important ministry to me, I'm going to get emotional, um, is entrusting the truth with our DP kids and our DP little ones. Um, these are the children God has entrusted to you as parents, but they've also, he's also entrusted them to us as a body, uh, as dwelling place. So, you know, as parents, our number one ministry um, is our children. Uh, success in any other ministry that we do will be meaningless if our children are following the Lord. And I need to speak that to you because I know a lot of you are involved in a lot of wonderful things. But I'm just telling you, you can save the whole world, but if your children aren't following the Lord, it's not going to mean the same as, as them following the Lord. So that's just um, something really close to my heart that I wanted to speak. So, um, so ministry of the world and this community uh, take a back seat to raising the kids that God's entrusted us here at DP. And uh, we need to be teaching them, them, them his truths and helping them understand his love for them. That should be a first priority. And speaking up here, uh, prophesying, evangelizing, all of that is great stuff. And I think God gifts and calls us to do that. But there's no other ministry. Those ministries should never be placed above or considered a higher calling than ministry to the kids at DP. Sorry. Um, they're the future not only of your families, but they're the future of dwelling place. And we need to realize that, that they are our spiritual heritage. So there really is no excuse for a gap in that area. I mean, if we all have the same heart and the same passion for the DP kids, then there would never be a gap here. And so that's just my heart. I just really, I've been wanting to communicate that a long time, and I just felt like that this was an opportunity to do that. Okay, so um, the next part, down with the preaching, hopefully in the crying. Um, <laughs> thanks. <laughs> okay. Uh, the next part is Hebrews 13, 7. 
um, and it's talking about each generation as an example. So we've talked about we're to teach the next generation, okay? So now the next part is to be an example. And again, I may push your buttons a little bit here too, but that's okay. Um, so this scripture, Hebrews 13, 7, Remember those who led you, who speak the word of God to you, and considering the result of their conduct, imitate their faith. So there was a pastor for, from Croatia, and actually Jared reminded me of this when we were working together, and it has really stuck to me. He stated that the sins of one generation become the morals of the next. And uh, if you were, some of you were raised when I was raised in the 60s and 70s and all that that meant. And uh, we, we watched the lifestyles and the attitudes of rebellion, uh, the kind of behavior of our generation truly became the morals of the next. And um, I've, I've also watched uh, how TV, sadly, has influenced the latest generation. For example, premarital sex has become an accepted moral, uh, even in Christian couples and in this current generation. And then also, we've watched now, if you watch TV, homosexuality is currently being promoted on today's sitcoms. So it's difficult to discuss what God says about homosexuality without being labeled as one who hates people who have chosen this lifestyle. So it's critical for us to set the godly example uh, according to scripture and not what is acceptable by the world's standard. Each generation needs to be careful what they approve. And uh, in Romans 14, 22, uh, the faith which you have, have as your own conviction before God. Happy is he who does not condemn himself in what he approves. And it's interesting because there's two, two things there I think that's important for the, for the generation that comes after us, whichever one that is. And the first one is we really do want our children, the next generation, to have, fa have a faith that's their own. I know that was big with Rick and me, you know, with our kids, that, that it, they weren't just Rick and Paul's kids, and it wasn't because mom and dad thought that, and that mom and dad are going to pray about that, and mom and dad are going to break that. But it was a big deal when they started, when we started encouraging them to make their faith their own. I can remember one of them came in, I won't tell you which one, and they said some kind of verbal curse over themselves, like, I'm stupid or I'm dumb or whatever it was. And, you know, they knew all the verses about, you know, speech and all that. And I finally looked at that person and said, I'm not breaking that over you. You know, you spoke it, you deal with it. And if you don't deal with it, you're going to deal with the fruit of that. You know, and they were like, you know, because the first time it's like, Oh, oh, you mean I have to do something about that? You know, so it was big. And that, so that, that's a huge thing. You know, we want our kids, their faith to become our, their own. And that's a goal. And here at DP, too, you know, we want to see the next generation rising up and their faith becoming their own. Um, but the second part is, is equally as important. Um, there's another scripture. Um, we don't want the next generation to condemn themselves on what they approve. So it goes back again to what you approve, the next generation, it'll be immoral for them. And so it's very important. Philippians 1.9 says, love, and this is a prayer that we pray for our children and for our children, you know, in the faith and our, our uh, physical children, that their love would abound still more and more in knowledge and discernment so that they may approve the things that are excellent. Because we know that as they approve the things that are excellent, as she says, it's going to go well for them. 
And, uh, but, if they, but they can condemn themselves in what they approve. And so that, that, is, a, that is critical as we, as we look to the next generations. You know, we want to be an example for the next generation of what we're approving. Um, and then lastly, in Psalm 71, 18, and even when I am old and gray, O God, do not forsake me until I declare your strength to this generation, your power to, to all those who are to come. And so again, you know, our heart is to release the next generation. You know, Rick and I are trying to move from father and mother to grandparents because we just love being grandparents in the physical. So it's got to be exciting in the spiritual as well, right? So we're kind of trying to transition into that, you know, and our heart is released to the next generation. And it's the same with, you know, if, if the generation below you or the college and youth, you know, the same thing, you know, seeing them released in their giftings and operating in power and strength in the things that God's called them to do is a fun thing to watch. I mean, even teaching with Tammy and Leah is always fun to me because I remember them when they were teenagers, you know, and to see them grow and, and just look out across here and see so many of you that we've known, you know, for a long time and see you operating in the power and the strength and, and your giftings is, is a beautiful thing to see. And then to even see your children, the next generation, starting to do that as well. It's just a precious thing to us. And so we want to be able to, we want to strategically invest in the next generation by teaching them, by being an example to them, by empowering them. Um, we want to see them walk in the strength and the power that influence the generations that follow them. So... Anybody got the ending? Um, before Rick gets up, it was really interesting. I just kept hearing the word that this generation is here now. Like the generation, I just uh, got a privilege to um, officiate a wedding, Hannah Belshan's wedding. And, and I was thinking back, really, Dwelling Place, when we started Dwelling Place, Kaylee and Joshua were about two years old, I think. And they were, I can still remember a picture of Kaylee um, out by the sign, you know, over in pa at Pamplin, when we were over in Pamplin. And, you know, Kaylee was standing beside, there was one of those stand-up signs, she was the, the size of the sign. And obviously she's now t uh, 19 years old. And so the generation is here. We, I don't, I mean, a lot of you all have been here for a good while. Like, we've been through, like, now we're cycling through this generation. And so, just feel like the Lord is saying, you know, sometimes we keep thinking that we have, you know, have time and that we, you know, but God's just saying, no, the time is here, you know, really to begin to, you know, if you, if we haven't been investing into the generation below us, invest. If you haven't been honoring the generation above you, honor, you know, give that honor where that honor is due. And so it really is a word for all of us because you don't get out of that, you know. And not only so that it may be well with you, but also so that you can have impact into the next generation. Like, each of you have impact. Like, you know, don't wait for, you know, the youth minister, uh, whoever is called to be youth, to do the youth. You know, you, you're older, you know, you're older than a youth. Love on some youth, whether you deem that a, a, I'm not a youth minister. Well, you don't have to be to invest. You don't have to be deemed a, a particular person to invest. And so I just encourage you in that. You don't have to be, you know, and the big thing I think God also is saying through Tammy, you know, take the opportunity to honor, you know, somebody above you that's walked this walk out. You know, some, 
take an opportunity like Liz said, somebody that maybe you haven't been able to honor or you haven't, you've been struggling with. Maybe it's somebody that, you, that brought you up in the faith and, and you've had a hard time with. You know, ask the Lord to give you honor for that person again and, and walk in that. So I just encourage you. I feel like there was you know, this awesome testimony between the, girl, the ladies this morning about being able to walk this out. There's, it's, it's a double, nobody gets out of it because you have somebody below and you have somebody above. And just get to that place where you can honor that and walk that out. So I just want to encourage you in that. You know, many times uh, it's easy for us to talk about valuing generations in a, when everything's nice and quiet. But really the opportunities for valuing one generation to the next, both up and down, are not in the nice moments. Leah spoke it like it's in the middle of, a lot of times in the middle of hell, when hell's breaking loose in your life. And, and that's when the, the, uh, the opportunities are there. Just think about what's been said this morning. Leah talks about setting you know, hearts being turned back and hearts being turned forward. Look around you. Think around. Think about what's around you. You know, it's kind of interesting. I, uh, Paul and I just changed phone carriers. And all my, I had, went from Verizon, not Verizon, from AT&T to U.S. Cellular because of cellular coverage. On my old phone, I had messages from Dad. And I pulled it up, and I go, what was those, you know, because there were messages. He'd call me constantly, you know, constantly. It was a lot when he was living here. You know, hey, Rick, when are you coming home? <laughs> and, I, and when I pulled it up, I saw no voicemail. And so, and I go, you know, the interesting thing is about time. In generations, if you don't set your heart on them to value, set your heart to value, what can happen is you can lose opportunities. Now, God's all about redemption. It does say in Ephesians chapter 5, verse 14, redeeming the time for the days are evil. But it's a powerful force in a, in a, in a massive exercise of faith for there to be redemption of time. Uh, and so like, like I say, what I want to ask to pray is, is at this place, this time, that there will be a setting of our hearts to value the generations before and the generations after. Set in our hearts that we're both, like Tammy said, for the younger generation to honor, to value the words that the older generation are speaking back but also that the older generation are speaking words back into the younger generation. They're powerful words, just like those words that Paula spoke in the Tammy, what is it, 20-some years ago, 25 years ago, 25. It was 1989. We're almost, is that 25 years? 28 years. So Tammy and I are in the same boat. Y'all do the ad and we'll do the preaching. Come on, girl. With me. So, I mean, she remembers that. It impacted her. And so my challenge is for the older to, to the younger, the younger to the older, the older to younger, the younger to value it. 
like Liam, man, one of the precious things that he's spoken, you know, just shared about honoring Paula and I about three or four months ago, such a treasure into my heart that he spoke that into Paula and I. And to hear about Liam going and, and laying down his life, going over to Africa and sowing into kids over there. But then the cool thing is that he just didn't go to Africa and sowed into the generations over there. You know what he did? I mean, there's a football team at Christiansburg High School. They went and did, he headed up, helped not head, headed up, but he helped lead a, a, a sports camp for little kids, right? I mean, he put his heart into it. That's given to the next generation. You don't have to wait. I like what was said. So, you know, because I tell you, set your heart, because when hell starts, you'll miss opportunities. You'll miss opportunities. Things will be erased if you don't set your heart to, to save them. Those Kairos moments, memorable moments in time. I think back right now that on those, a lot of those power, I mean those uh, voice messages that the dad sent me was in a season in Paul and I's life where business was intense, ministry was intense. And, and I think back how easy it is to lose those opportunities. So I speak to every generation right now to set our hearts to value the older and to value the younger and vice versa. Amen? Amen. Yeah. I just felt real quick, and I mean, y'all can do the response, but I was just really feeling strongly too. I kept on hearing this word irreplaceable. And I think that's one of the most amazing things. Y'all probably heard me speak this before because it's, I just love this. But the fact that there's never, ever another person on this earth that'll ever be like you. Like really, our lives, that's the amazing thing about God's creation is that we can't be replaced. Like you are irreplaceable. And I just feel like as a generation you know, whatever generation you are, I, I just felt like there was this, this place that the Lord really wanted to, si God wanted to silence lies like of, of suicide and self-hatred because your worth and value are far above anything. No, no, nothing can replace who you are and what you bring to this earth. And really nothing can ever walk in what you have to give. No one, nothing can replace that. But I just felt like, you know, if, if someone's struggling with that and, and needs prayer, like there are, there are mothers and fathers, sisters and brothers in the faith here to just stand with you um, in that. But Let's stand. She was just saying that, you know, sometimes we, sometimes there might need to be this interaction and interchange of, you know, words that we've heard uh, from maybe a, a generation above us that we need to release and then 
there's this interchange of words that we're going to get for the next. You know, sometimes you have to release one to get the other. Some, some of us have been holding on to maybe things that have been spoken above, you know, over us in relationship to somebody from a generation before, and we, we're missing out on being able to speak into the next. So and, uh, Jim was also just saying about, you know, as students are starting to come, filter back in and also high school students starting another year, just we're going to bless them as well. And so, Lord, I just want to pray. Um, just feel like there's an exchange, an interchange here of just really us doing some one-on-one for a second with you. Lord, I just pray right now, Lord. Uh, just maybe just lay your hands on your heart. I, I just feel like there's something that you needed to take action in, you, just you and you and the Lord. And, and, and maybe there's this interchange, as Leah was saying, just just release, release, releasing things from uh, that have hindered you from honoring one generation and have hindered you from speaking and investing into the other. So, Lord, we're just we just want to lay hands ourselves, Lord. We just want to. Ask for a great release, God, today. God, today, to be able to interact with generations. Lord, some of us are stuck. We're stuck on our own generation. We're just stuck on our, really in, within ourselves. We're not able to, to, to honor one or invest in the next. So, Lord, I just pray right now, God, just freedom. Freedom of the Holy Spirit. And if, I just encourage you, if you, if that's, you just need some ex, uh, encouragement or prayer in that. I just want you to come up and just line up. We're in, I want the free uh, some some of the first responders. Can y'all come up and, and, and? But anybody that just needs some prayer in relationship to that, just to be able to say, I want to release this. I want to release the the old and take on the new. To be able to invest, to be able to honor. Just want you to come up and just stand facing the the stage if if you need prayer. Just come and stand and face the stage, and we're just going to pray. God, I pray right now in Jesus' name, you just begin to make those exchanges, God. A release of freedom, God, to interact with generation to generation. A freedom to live to the, uh, to invest in the, old, to the next generation, the, the freedom to honor the new. In Jesus' name, Lord, we're asking for that right now. Holy Spirit, just come. Holy Spirit, just come. Just ignite our heart, Lord. Show us, Lord God, and empower us, God. Lord, this is a, a, a church, a dwelling place of God that, Lord, we need to be able to w- walk in honor and honor and live to invest, God. And, Lord, we just want to ask that you would break off just the stagnancy of just not being able to do either. God, break that off right now in Jesus' name. God, and Lord, we want to stand. We want to stand for this next generation. We want to stand and see the generations below us, God, supersede us, God, and go further than us, God. We want to see those generations not just have a crazy zeal, but a zeal with knowledge and understanding and wisdom. So, Lord, as they're zealing, as they're going for it, Lord, they're going to have supernatural wisdom and revelation, God. And some of that's going to rub off on us, Lord, as the, ne- the previous and older generations, Lord, you're going to empower us to have zeal again for things that we used to have zeal for. You're going to empower us as we res- get honored that we'll give that honor even back to the next generation. So, Lord, we're just asking for that. We're praying for that, Lord, in Jesus' name.
Um, and I just keep feeling like, um, just that I want to honor Paula and Leah and Tammy just as forerunners for breaking down barriers for women in the church, especially in this body. Um, I just, you know, there's been such a, I guess, not empowerment of women in the church and to see the empowerment that comes from this body and to know that I can walk in the destiny that God has called me in ministry um, is just so cool. And I think you guys have broken down barriers and I'm kind of, you know, coming behind and keeping and pushing and that the next generation, the Kayleys, the Kinseys, the Anne Marie's get to then just walk in the freedom and the fullness knowing that they can walk out as women in this body, as daughters of God, um, just in the fullness of the ministry, the destiny that they've been called in. So I just want to honor you guys um, just for the fight that you've put up, because I know it's been a fight. Um, and also just thank the, the men elders, too, too for honoring um, us as women and knowing we have a place and that we are empowered. I just heard in the spirit, um, you know, as Paula said earlier, you know, the what you uh, allow in your generation, you know, will be the standard for the next. And I felt like the Lord said the freedom that you give in your generation will be an abundance for the next. You know, so that's a challenge to all of us. The freedom that you give, that you live. And I felt like the Lord just challenged me. I felt like in some ways, you know, the, the, you know I think just the atmosphere, even in just our country and things, just kind of survive. Just, just get through, just go. And the Lord is just breaking that off because he wants to you to walk in freedom so that you can release that freedom into the next so we just agree with that word just over our women if you're around a, a woman i just want you to uh, lay hands on them and lord we thank you for the women in this body god we thank you for just even the great release god just uh, the fullness of what you're doing in them through them that they have a place uh, a place to walk a place to breathe a place to be encouraged a place to encourage place to speak, a place to, to live and, and, and walk. And, and so, Lord, we just bless them. We bless these women. We just continue to bring the fullness of what you have for them, God, just as this body uh, is blessed because we are blessed with them, Lord. We're blessed with what they have to walk and, and, and give and, and release into this body. So, Lord, we just agree with that honoring of the, 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 the women in this body. We honor them and we thank you for them. We bless them in Jesus' name. In Jesus' name. Jesus' name. So I'm just gonna, I'm just gonna really release this. I just want to encourage you. If you just need some prayer this morning for any of that that we just spoke about, uh, maybe you're having a hard time honoring, maybe you're having a hard time investing, whatever that looks like. But I'm just gonna encourage you to come and grab some prayer before you leave. Otherwise, have a great week. Be empowered. Go invest and go honor. Amen.